All right, guys. I'm Elijah here, back with Bottom of the Ninth Podcast. Uh, today, we are here with Coach Zach Luzanos. Is that how it is? Luvanos. Luvanos. Luvanos with 12 Baseball. And we're here with Mike uh, Sanchez with the store. So welcome, Zach. How you doing, man? Doing good, bud. Thanks for having awesome. me on. For sure, sure. So tell us a little, about, a little bit about yourself, man. Where are you from? I am from Corpus Christi. Okay. Uh, I graduated high school from uh, Corpus Christi Carroll in 2008. Uh, went to Northwestern State in Louisiana, uh, where I was injured. I tore my labrum, got cut, uh, hit the road with my dad to find somewhere you know where we could play. Was gonna you know take a couple walk on opportunities because I couldn't really do anything. Yeah, and it was hurt. Uh, went to work out for Jeff Schaefer in Oklahoma at Seminole, uh, Seminole State Junior College. Mm-hmm. Uh, had a, just a really good workout there. Coach Schaefer just right away we clicked. He offered me, you know, to pay for baseball for two years. So I went up there for two years and uh, Seminole State, you know, changed my life. Yeah. yeah. You know, as far as baseball is concerned and, and really kind of led me to everything that I do baseball wise today. Um, had a good two years there, made some great friends, great memories. Uh, and then I went down back to Texas uh, and finished up at Lamar University oh, under, cool, cool. under Jim Gilligan, where oh, I finished nice. up in 2013 nice, and then nice. was able to GA there for a year. Um, after that, I got into running facilities and, you know, doing the teams and stuff in Beaumont, uh, working for Brian Boast and, uh, and then later on Brian Kanzler at, a, at another organization. Um Really got burnt out on the select baseball side of it. Yeah. Uh, moved over here to San Antonio to get into college coaching. Uh, spent a year at two years at Our Lady of the Lake uh, before Coach Pat Hallmark hired me at UIW uh, in his first year there. Was able to spend the spring season, I think it's 2017, uh, 2018, 2017, 2018 mm-hmm. at UIW under Coach Hallmark. Was there for two years. Uh, had a couple really good years at, at uh, UIW. Coach Hallmark gets the coaching job at UTSA. He brings me along for the ride. Yeah, um, I go there I for a year. For that a happened time. to be the that happened to be the COVID year where where kind of everything just transitioned into a a whole nother a whole nother monster, yeah. uh, especially for the college coaching side of it, and particularly the role that I was in in the volunteer assistant. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of you know stuff going on about that role, but. You know, leading up into that role, I really, I really liked that role. It was a, a good opportunity to get into coaching, um, where Coach Hallmark really gave me the freedom to to develop as as a coach under him. Yeah. Uh, obviously, he's one of the better baseball minds in in Texas, uh, and you know, UTSA is really really fun to watch right now. But uh, spent two, three seasons, three four seasons under him, uh, and then during the COVID year, I, I left uh coaching and i got into um just training and focusing yeah. on baseball mm-hmm. during that little you know covid area uh coach brian ogney hired me as a pitching coach recruiting coordinator at our lady our lady of the lake university uh you mind moving the mic a little bit closer to you in 2000 there you go. Yeah. i think it was 2000 or 2020 okay um spent a year there where we set you know Couple school records. Yeah, uh, went to the first uh, regional 
over there in Nashville, or I'm sorry, in Tennessee, mm-hmm. where we faced, you know, Faulkner before being eliminated. It was a really good, really good experience. Uh, mm-hmm. Right after the season, you know, got a phone call from Kevin Hodge and Zach Dillon, who was, who was there, who's now at Baylor, uh, asking me if I wanted to come on board and grow the 12 baseball brand here in the South Texas, San Antonio yeah. area. Um, just with my experience with 12 baseball up until then, you know, it was kind of a no brain, no brainer decision yeah, for my yeah. family and I mm-hmm. to, to jump on board and, and, uh, it's been one of the better decisions I've made since. Nice, man. Awesome. You got a, you got a pretty big catalog there. Dang, it's, uh, it's been everywhere. I don't, you know, I'd like to be off a little more. I'd like to, you know, grind nonstop. Do the, I'd like to grind nonstop, but yeah. I, I really enjoy being with my family. Yeah. And, I feel uh, that. Yeah. Coaching for Coach Hallmark, you know, it's not fair to the family because of how much I enjoyed it, you mm-hmm. know, but it's 90% baseball and it's oh, 10% yeah. family. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I really believe that jumping onto this side of it in the private sector and with with the well-established program, it's it's turned into, uh, because of the opportunities, turned into about 90% family, you know, yeah. and then 10% baseball. Because you, you saw a flip there towards yeah. the end. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel that. So, man, so you played, so you were a pitcher, yeah? I was, was a catcher. Oh, you were a catcher, but yeah. you were as a pitching coach. Yeah, oh, I nice. just kind of. Yeah, I guess as a pitcher, a catcher, kind of you can you know yeah, it you gives know you, yeah. it gives you that avenue. But yeah. man, if you want to if you want to move up in the college in the college ranks, you got to kind of be a, a Swiss Army knife. You yeah, gotta feel comfortable, and uh, it gave me a good opportunity to kind of add pitching to my mm-hmm. resume yeah. earlier in my career than a lot of guys do. I know Coach Hallmark did it later in his career. Coach Shepard uh, did it later in his career. Yeah. Uh, I think at, at some point everybody you know tries to get they get into different areas yeah yeah experiences in the dugout cool cool so so it wasn't until 2020 you got with 12 right or was it 21 21 21 it was last yeah last, last, last august cool cool all right so tell us a little bit about 12 i know like i've been i've been personally out of select baseball for like a really long time i don't know i'm like back when like lights out was still a thing like that's how old like my mind is with select like yeah. there's so many different teams going on so tell us about 12 how that got started Cause I know y'all are really growing because y'all are at college station, Corpus, yep. Houston now, and now in San Antonio, are there like, are there plans to expand that further? Uh, so as far as the expansion, uh, that's kind of something where I'm sure, I'm sure there is, but they just kind of went through a growth phase. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I'm not sure how much I know we're, they're focused more on the softball side of it right now. Oh, okay. Is transitioning the softball teams too. Now. Getting them into oh, softball. okay. Um, that's a whole, yeah, nother, it, that's a whole nother world, man. Softball's whack. That's a, that's a, it's a, it's a lot. That's intense. It, That's too much. <laughs> it's definitely going to be somebody kind of coming in with with the good soft softball experience yeah. and background to want to yeah. handle that because I'll stay hands off as long as I can. <laughs> yeah, uh, seriously. But I do have a little girl, so oh, there you go. Yeah, so it might you be, that, feed her it right might be that way. Feed right into yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, but twelve got. Uh, I think they're established. Been around for twenty years, uh, mm-hmm. mainly out of the College Station area. Right. Twelve, where, yeah, yeah. Where our, the founder yeah. Greg Bennett and Sherry Bennett, uh, all Aggies, who are still, yep, all yeah. Aggies who are still involved in the program. Okay. Uh, and then Kevin Hodge, who runs the baseball op- operation side, mm-hmm. and he's our CEO, and that's the that's my boss. That's pretty much who I who I report to or who I communicate with on okay. anything that I need. Um, they got they got it going, and I think they expanded and. 2016 mm-hmm. to the Katy area. Okay. Uh, where they, I knew y'all were in Houston, but I guess Katy is the same thing. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. it's the same thing, but there's, they have a couple locations in, in Houston, you know, okay. they have, uh, yeah, they have yeah. a huge complex. Uh, Darren is one of the owners of, of cotton ranch in, in Katy. And it's, uh, I want to say it's a Ford field turf complex oh, with wow. 
a premier weight room, premier batting cage setup. Dang. Uh, and they have a special arrangement with 12 baseball to where we kind of run our operation out of there in Katy. So I think they're hosting something around 26, 27 youth teams out of that program. Uh, wow. And then most of the high school stuff is based out of that program. So okay. we have, we have uh, 12 has teams in College Station, Katy. There's another organization yeah, yeah. out of with the Woodlands. Yeah, yeah. Um, Corpus, Victoria, mm-hmm. now, San, now, San Antonio. now San Antonio. Um, is it fairly new in, in the San Antonio area? Is, in, that, is it fairly 2001 new? 2001 is, is when, when they hired me. In 2001, that's or in 2021, that's when we really that was the it, first. It burst, yeah, yeah, I got hired in August, mm-hmm. and I had to have our first tryouts over here the second week <laughs> of August. So yeah, they they hired me, and they're like, "Hey, man, you know, here's, where do y'all where do y'all pra- need. where do y'all practice out of?" We are our home facility is you know what we're trying to establish is a D1 Bernie okay dugout yeah. of Bernie, yeah, and yeah. it's an awesome it's an awesome yeah, partnership yeah uh, it's a nice facility great out there. great yeah. ownership. Um, Jason Marshall, who's the mm-hmm. UTSA yep. baseball coach, yeah. he just does an awesome job running that place. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I love just being around the atmosphere, being around you know the D one side of it where they focus on the strength and performance aspect mm-hmm. of it, uh, and then the dugout of Bernie where there's just a bunch of baseball guys yeah. doing lessons, you know, running cages, yeah. and we were able to partner with them where we we get a couple nights out of the week. Uh, and we'll continue to get more until, you know, until hopefully it turns into a little 12 baseball facility. There you go. Yeah, um, yeah. So, but we couldn't do any of the stuff that we're doing. I think we're, we're growing pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went from one team in fall of 2021, one youth team uh, to spring with five youth teams. And I think I just submitted everything for 14 teams Oh wow! for, yep. For this, for this upcoming spring. So, wow. So none of that's possible without that relationship yeah, yeah. with D one with D one Bernie and Mickey Perez and Jason March and Marshall and the other own, owners that are involved okay. uh, because it really gives us a location just to yeah. kind of run. I think run that, point out that's of. key. Yeah, you got to have a you got to have a spot. Yeah. yeah. So is there a field out there too and everything, or is it just cages? it's a turf field? It's okay, enough okay. To get you know, it's you can get work get, in. Yeah, get some work in. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's enough to set up a ninety foot base. Uh, there you field, go. You know, you so go. where we can make throws across. Yeah, yeah. Uh, every now and then, a you know, a ball sails and. It's gone. <laughs> yep, and somebody's not happy. You yeah, break a window, but, but it's, a, it's a good setup. <laughs> nice man. So, so okay. So, tell us a little bit more about you. So, you played all the way through. You said you graduated in t- two thousand eight. You said from in Lamar. Yep, two thousand eight from uh, Corpus Christi. Oh, okay, Carroll, and, Carroll, and then you Lamar, graduated in thirteen in Lamar. Lamar so, yeah, when you finished playing, I know you said you tore your labrum. So, so that injury did that set you back at all in your playing days? I mean, did you did you come back? Did you get the surgery and everything, and then come I back did. strong? I did. I uh, I I did a rehab program that they had suggested. Uh, if I were to go back now, I think I heard it maybe a month into my fall okay. freshman year. Oh, wow. I was quick. And I didn't get surgery until April based oh, off wow. of the, they wanted me to kind of go through. Yeah. They don't want to, they don't want to cut you right away. They want to, no, yeah. they, they yeah. didn't. And you know, if I were to go back or if somebody were to have this injury and I was on the coaching side of it, you yeah. know, I would just tell Immediately, them to yeah. knock it out yeah. because I could have, you know, I could have maybe been back in time for that summer season yeah. instead of missing out. Prolonged, but yeah. Dang. Um, so that that was kind of a setback, but you know, being that redshirt year is probably one of the better decisions yeah. that I've ever yeah. that I've ever made. I think honestly, like me, I redshirted my first year at Incarnate Word actually, yeah. and I was a catcher too. So yeah. like that first year, actually, like it pisses you off, and because you're like, you know, you want to play, but it, like I think it helps you mature a little bit, especially coming right out of high school. It definitely helps you mature before you go into like actually playing. Um, 
So when you finished playing, you finished your career at Lamar, did you know immediately then I'm going to go into coaching, I want to keep this running? Or did, did you have like any sort of different aspects of what you wanted to do? Like was, or was coaching always like, I want to, I want to go that route. I always knew that I wanted to be a coach. Yeah. My uh, uncle, my cousins growing up, they're professional hitting coaches there you go. Uh, right. growing up. And runs, it runs in the family. Huh? It runs yeah. in the family, yeah. you know, hitting baseballs in the family, but uh, when I was able to just to grow up and be under, have that relationship with Rudy Hadamio, who was yeah. he was the hitting coach for the Rangers for twenty mm-hmm. years. Yeah, and I was able just to you know I was fortunate to be able to go up to the ballpark in Ar- in Arlington yeah. uh, back then and just be around it and just be a fly on the wall in the cages yeah. with with those kind of guys, guys and just yeah. seeing you know just really idolizing Rudy and seeing man this guy's teaching the best hitters in the world and he's doing <laughs> it you know on a bucket yeah, yeah. in the morning with a cup of coffee. And just talking about hitting because he loves it. Uh, and I've been able to get some really good advice and career advice moving forward. Uh, they've always pushed me to just to be patient with getting into the mm-hmm. pro ball side. Uh, getting into college, I really loved coaching in college. Yeah. Mainly mainly college in general, college athletes. And then I just really enjoyed my time under Coach Hallmark. Yeah. Uh, just seeing how he attacks everything every single day uh, just with work. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, there ain't no way, there ain't no secret to winning. You got to yeah. roll, you got to roll the sleeves up, yeah, and you got to develop baseball players on field. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of always been my career path, just training and you know making a good living and you know being able to spend time with my family. Yeah, yeah, I think that's tough. A lot of I think that's like one of the hardest thing coaches find is like that that boundary, especially in college ball when it gets that serious. It's hard to split. Like I've known, I mean, I know a lot of coaches, and it's like hard because it's hard to split time both ways when you have like your field, your, your fa- family is at the field you know, you have the baseball team is technically your family spend yep. however much time with them a year. Then you have to go home and do that. And sometimes it's hard to separate the two. Do you find that hard? I know you said you flipped, you, had, you used to be 90 baseball, 10 yep. then family and you decided to make that flip. That's, yeah, that's the, pretty big, the man. Flips, yeah. The flip's been awesome. I, you know, you miss it every day, but, uh, it's a good trade off. I think 12, just being, you know, being able yeah. to bring in a quality brand and which attracts quality athletes and mm-hmm. good families. Uh, it really helps kind of bridge the gap on, you know, yeah. going to the ballpark every day with the, mm-hmm. with the team that you helped recruit and players that you're just around every single day. So yeah. it, it's kind of, you know, there's, there's pros and cons, yeah, yeah. but you know, there's nothing better than, you know, being able to go, you know, see my son and my daughter yeah, every yeah. single day now. Nice, man. That's good. That's great. So, so I know you say you, you've kind of hopped around the coaching area. So you went, to, you coached at Our Lady of the Lake, went to UIW and then you went back to Our Lady of the Lake later in your career. Yep. Is there a reason? Is there something that drew you back to that program? I know they're fairly new. I think they started in like sixteen, right? Or seven, no, it was, it was fourteen. It was. They it was started. my relationship 15. with Brian Ogney. Okay. Uh, before I left Our Lady of the Lake, originally he had just been hired as the head coach. Okay. Uh, so throughout my time at at UIW and at UTSA, you still have those relationships with the coaches because you lean on them for players. You right. lean on them for coach. I need some camp workers. Mm-hmm. Coach, uh, have you seen this kid? Mm-hmm. Uh, coach, what's going on? How are you? you yeah, know, yeah. You just kind of you keep that relationship with them and. When he had that pitching coach job, because I had been fairly, you know, focused on outfielding positions, catching, hitting, mm-hmm. had been my prim- my primary focus early in my career. Um, when he had that position to be a pitching coach and a recruiting coordinator, mm-hmm. you know, that's really what drew me back to Our Lady of the Lake is yeah. being able to go uh, get that experience, put that on my resume, and then you know. Mm-hmm. The plan was to jump around after that. Yeah, uh, do just, a good job there and see how I can move up the ranks. See where you fit. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Cool. So, so I know you've coached for you've coached under a lot of really great coaches. I mean, that's I mean Hallmark, and then you know Marshall and all those guys who coached at a pretty high level. Is there something that 
that you try to take away from each of these coaches and implement into your own coaching style? Is that, is that something that you'd say you do? It, it is, uh, you know, one of the better coaches that I've been around is my high school coach in Corpus, you know, yeah. Lee Yeager. And mm-hmm. he's just a consistent winner down there. Yeah. I don't care where he's coaching. He can go he's coach find, the bottom. It, find a way. In, he can coach the bottom of the barrel program and he'll go in there and he'll get the parents and he'll get the community around it and he'll go out and he'll spend his time recruiting middle schools guys (laughs) you know whatever coach that has to do to be successful he's going to do yeah uh so i kind of saw that work ethic early on Mm -hmm. uh going into college and then at northwestern state you know it was great you know but when i went to seminoles really when i was under some coaches that really can you know were life changers for me yeah uh jeff schaefer just being a good christian man that he Mm -hmm. was and Mark Allen, who, you know, is one of my close mentors today. I think he spent a ton of years in minor league baseball as a pitching coordinator with the Indians and with the with the Giants. And now he's the pitching coach at University of Illinois. Um, but just having somebody like that to be able just to, to mm-hmm. lean on and learn from and then still with every single one of my athletes and then mm-hmm. being around Coach Hallmark, being around Coach Ogney, everybody has just something different that they do. Um, one of the one of the best coaching advices that coach or one of the best coaching lessons that that Pat ever gave me was, uh, man, I don't want you to be Pat Hallmark. I don't want you to be Ryan Aguilar, Scott Shepard. He's like, you got to learn how to be Zach Lovanos. Yeah, yeah. You know, and every single day it was a, it was a message like that. Like, how would you do it? How would you handle it? How do you yeah. like? How do you want people to you know to think about you? Yeah. Uh, so that's you know learning to be yourself and develop mm-hmm. as a coach, and not you know not copy not copycat. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, but take it, take it, and kind of flip it on your own. Yeah, in your but, own no, words, man. Yeah. There's there's things that that Coach Hallmark and that Mark Allen, and that Lee Yeager and Jeff Schaefer, Jim Gilligan mm-hmm. at Lamar. There's mm-hmm. there's things that you know experiences that I was able to go in with them, and it, they'll be with me for the rest of my life. Yeah, yeah. Some some of the stuff that they taught me in the sixth inning of a game, just little little messages here and there. Yeah, little. Because I'm talking yeah. to my, I'm talking about with my five year old son. Mm-hmm. You know who who I'm trying to teach to love the game. Cause yeah. I think that out of all those guys that I've played for is the one consistent thing is they loved it. You yeah. Know, they loved what they, oh, did. Yeah. they love what they did, you know, and I know the only, you know, I feel like that's the only way you can do this. Like at that level, it's the only way you have to love it. There's no way you can do it. Cause it's like 365. There's no way you're not going to, you can't get away from it. If you don't love it, it's not going to be successful. One of, one of the better examples of loving it and just kind of just having all the chips kind of stacked against him is, you know, Jose Trevino, yeah. who's also a South Texas product is when you're around Jose uh, and I'm not trying to, you know, name <laughs> drop or anything, but I was able to play against him yeah. in college yeah. and just be around him as he kind of went through his career. And anytime you're around that guy, you know, he loves it. Oh yeah. You know, so I think the only shot you get that, those vibes, just talking yeah. to him about baseball in general, he'll his face just lights up whenever he's talking about the game. So you feel it. Yeah. yeah. And the guys that, you know, the guys that move up and the guys that continue to play, they just love it. They mm-hmm. love just yeah. getting after it every single day. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see it in kids that you coach, you see it in, you know, kids that are successful at the, mm-hmm. at the highest level that they have that they have it in common. Some are harder on themselves than other, mm-hmm. but they, but they love it, you yeah. know? So I think that if I'm able to take that same thing from those coaches, from my experiences, and I'm able to teach my son how to love the game. Yeah. It's the only shot he has. Yeah. Yeah. He's got to love it. So I got to ask, how, how do you know this bum over here? How do you know this guy? How'd you get this guy? So when, when Mike came on board, um, when I first got, when I first got the job at, with 12, Abel was currently coaching for Tess and Garrett Tully, which is, which is, my which is Mike's dad. And I, and I like, uh, I like Coach Abel. I like, I like him a lot. Uh, he used to, yeah, he used to give lessons in the cage next to me 
at that old at you know the old test facility which is now kt lane yeah um so that's kind of where i met that's kind of where i met mike and met abel and or i met abel and then later on i met mike and we like to golf so we spend some time on the court we like to spend some time on the course together and you know mike just has has his stuff together to where when he said you know hey i'm gonna make you a team as we continue to grow he was still showing up in the fall when we didn't have teams when I didn't have a team for him, when I wasn't paying him and he's still showing up, you know, being around it as much as he could. So when the opportunity came up to give him a, a 14 U team, you know, Mike, Mike, Mike's done a good job. He's been reliable and that's all you can ask for. Yeah. Uh, it was pretty cool, dude. Honestly, um, coaching 14 U team, man, it's, it's fun. The kids are funny. They're, they're good to be around. A lot of funny stories, man. I mean, like what's the, and not like anything against the kids. Cause there's always like coaching like eight to 10 year olds is tough. Cause their, their attention span and like this, right. There's something that like you so what ways groups do you coach? I've coached every you age coach group. Everything? I've coached, yeah. I've coached I first the first team I ever started was a eight U coach pitch team. Oh, yeah, I took them to like eleven U yeah. and then I came back and did fourteen U. Like I've done I've done, done every yep. done right now I'm coaching a thirteen U team. <laughs> you know, in the summers I'll do yeah. you know, I'll rover around between the high school program and yeah. be around those guys. Yeah. Uh but yeah, every single age presents its own yeah. issues. I will say, though, a lot of props to these kids, though, man, because, I mean, 12 is ran like a, a college organization, man. Like, the way practices are ran and everything, like, it's it's really well put together. And, I mean, it takes a lot of focus. And well, I mean, a I, lot I, of props I, to these kids for that, I'm, man. I've grown a lot on it. Like, it was, like, almost like I hadn't I hadn't heard it. Like I said, I was out of the select game for a really long time, so it was hard for me to, like, I, like when you leave, the game changes a lot. Like the yeah. game is a lot. Like when I stopped playing, I like kind of stepped away from baseball for a, for a while. Yep. Um, when I graduated in eighteen, I started working here, and I kind of just was like burned out of the game because I was just like I had Tommy John. I, did, I was pretty upset about the game. I didn't want anything to do with it for a while. Though I worked here, so I never really left the game. It was kind of strange. But then I like come back, and like my buddies are coaching. Like my buddy Chris Estrada coaches for twelve mm-hmm. down in Corpus hear about that and i hear about guys that are taking grad assistant jobs different places and they're telling me like the game is like fully changed so like what makes 12 so i know like when i was playing select ball was mostly daddy ball it's like dad's coaching and they call themselves a select organization but it's never really an actual select organization and what what do you think makes 12 different or sets you guys apart from some other team that you guys play in in tournaments or something like that that have dad's coaching what what makes you guys special or, or sets you guys apart from the other teams I think for me, and part of just the whole reason on you know a shift in career for me is just the leadership from the top. Yeah, I think Kevin, I think Kevin Hodge just has a really good model for develop. He's just been doing it for twenty years, and yeah. he's made a living off of select baseball and, mm-hmm. and doing it the right way. Um, and a lot of the way that he runs his organization is just it's just clean communication uh, over over communication. Yeah. Um, and then sticking to what he believes is important, yeah. you know, and he'd, he'd wring my neck if I didn't introduce our, our four pillars, yeah. uh, and our, you know, basically our culture mm-hmm. of, of the organization. And, uh, one is to be fearlessly different, yeah. but whether it's with how we do things on the field, with how we structure our practices, uh, with how we run tryouts, with how we promote our kids on social media, mm-hmm. everything's is, is in a goal to be different than everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that presents a good opportunity just in itself to really kind of take San Antonio select baseball to the next level. Yeah. Um, to be fearlessly different from what these other guys are doing, but you know, at the same time, there's just, there's a ton of guys doing it the right way Yeah, there over are. here. Oh, yeah. There's some, mm-hmm. there's some really good the angels, the sliders, 
Sliders uh, have been doing it for a long Lobos. time. Yeah. Lobos yeah. and sliders have been around for forever. Yeah. 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 I grew up, I was a slider. There you go. <laughs> uh, from eighth grade until, yeah. you know, my senior year. Yeah. I was sliders. able to, to be a part of the sliders organization. So, uh, have a ton of respect for them. Yeah. A lot of good uh, ball players came out. Yeah, of there. But at the same time, you yeah. know, we're in a competitive business, yeah. you know, and you know, I know my job is to come in here and compete with those guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so fearlessly different focus on what's important, right? Winning is not so much important. Uh, bringing in the right families, bringing in the right players, mm-hmm. uh, bringing in the right coaches to make sure that, you know, it ain't just about, we all want to win, mm-hmm. you know, but it's about developing young men. Yeah past the game yeah you know, maybe and just maybe just for that moment maybe for that five minute period is we're able to talk to a kid and and impact their lives a way right. that you know because they can open up to us because we're around them on the coaching side mm-hmm. of it and mm-hmm. it's just that relationship you know but to be to be uh focused on what's important you know and that's the kids development in the long run yeah you know not so much just winning tournaments and getting mm-hmm. the rings and uh <laughs> Yeah. Going to those big out of state, you know, tournaments. Yeah, that's this. I I don't feel like some parents really like it, but man, I don't feel like that's important. You <laughs> got to do that stuff later on. Yeah, so, like you have to do yeah. it. Yeah, uh, pursuing excellence. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's uh, community fundraising, uh, just expectations of our players, expectations of of our families in game around mm-hmm. practices. Yeah, uh, I think we can develop be- better baseball players if we pursue excellence. You know all around, yeah. you know, in, in how we run the business and how we grow the organization, uh, and to be consistent. Yeah. You know, it's not, there's just, there's a ton of stuff that there's no quick fix. Yeah. You know, there's no easy way to wins. You got to get out there. You got to, your, your coach has got to do a good job on field. Uh, and then my job is to continue to bring in good coaches who I can, who I can trust on field. Yeah. No, that's, that's huge. Cause I think like there are, there are some teams that do that and there are, there's a lot that don't. And they're just out there for either to get paid, to expose their kids. Oh, my kid's a stud, and they're going to go make all these teams. But you guys sound like you're doing the right way, man, honestly. Because there's not – especially when I was playing I was growing up, it wasn't like that. Yeah. Because, I mean, even – I mean, until, like, I started playing with, like, the South Texas market. We're, we're not even an organization anymore at the time. Or we were at the time, but it turned into something like that where it was no longer – that's why it disbanded. It was no longer about the player. It was about who's going to get paid. And we didn't have a lot of coaches like, you guys are doing it right. Texas the Sliders did it right. You guys did it the right way. Yep. Um, so kind of, kind of going back into select ball here. So, so you played obviously with the sliders. Mm-hmm. Do you think that, cause, and I've heard this so many times I've heard it like that select ball is not really select ball anymore. It's whoever can pay. If you can pay, you're going to play, right? That's, that's kind of what it changed into for a while. At least, I don't know if it's, like I said, I've been out of it for a minute, so it may have changed. Do you think that it's still like that or has the select baseball world made an evolution towards back to where like, these are the best of the best players, best of the best are going to be on the field, that kind of deal. I think you know, the more that the organizations grow, the more that there's an opportunity to kind of make it more cream of the crop. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, man, you, if you, if you can pay, you can play. Yeah. You know, and it's, yeah. and it's tough to say, but that's, that's how, that's it, is. how it is. Yeah. That's how it is. And hopefully yeah. uh, just as, as we continue to grow and I know we already do a bunch of, mm-hmm. of stuff within the organization. Yeah. And y'all, are, y'all are really involved. I, I've seen like y'all social media pages. Awesome. Y'all yeah, do a lot it, of good stuff. They, they, Kevin does a really good job on that. He runs all that stuff. Yeah you know, from the top, but the more that we can grow and the more that we can grow in different areas with mm-hmm. and deliver the same consistent messages to our parents and families mm-hmm. is the more they'll be on board with us doing our own stuff mm-hmm. in house or our own tournaments, our own, uh, scout days, our own yeah. leagues. And, mm-hmm. and that's kind of where, where we want to be different. What we'll, you know, that's kind of our five-year plan cool, is cool. to really just do our own stuff. Yeah. Okay. So 
So I know you guys have quite a few teams. Y'all have 18 new teams, right? Do y'all, yeah, y'all do, right? Nine new through 17 new. Oh, well, seven, is that 17 new? Like, okay, so y'all do, so that's 17 new team. Do y'all help them go through that? Because I know, like, honestly, like a lot of our people that listen, they're looking for a lot. Like, that's why I ask, I've asked Jose, I've asked John King all, about their recruiting process and how they go through that. Because that's a hot topic. And it's, it's, it's interesting because no one has the same, it's never the same cookie cutter. Oh, I did this, 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 I got recruited, this, 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 I got recruited. Oh, my recruiting process went this way. I got somebody to come watch me at a high school game. Is there something that you guys teach to your 17 year olds, to the parents about that recruiting process to make it easier? Do you use your recruiting process as an example? What do what do y'all do to help the recruiting process for those older kids looking to play at that next level? Yeah, you're, you're constantly in this side of it. You're constantly kind of, uh, Teach coaching the parents up right. on on what to expect, how yeah. to expect it. You know, mm-hmm. having college experience. I'm not the only one in the organization, right? Yeah, yeah. with college experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marty Smith down in South Texas, who I run the we run the South Texas high school program together. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been in college coaching for 17 years. Mm-hmm. You know, so he comes on board in the summer, and I'm able just to pick his brain constantly. I probably, mm-hmm. you know, he probably gets tired <laughs> of me calling him. You know, but you know, I'm always just asking him questions and asking yeah. him how it works. The whole COVID thing is really in the whole transfer it's changed thing. It. Yeah, it's changed it's really, it all. Yeah, it's really you know shifted the landscape. You know, there's just not in there's not a ton of need for high school. Players I do want right to I do want to ask you about COVID because I know you were coaching college at the mm-hmm. time, but we'll come back to that because I do okay. have questions. For that. Yeah, no, uh, I think I think what we do and one of the things why I came on board is is we put guys into college in volume, right? And nobody else is doing it in volume mm-hmm. the way that we are, and I think it's mainly because of the staff that Hodges put together. Uh, it's just a ton of guys with a ton of network connections yeah. and connect work. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, we throw all of us in one big pot and now it's, Hey, you know, we're all in this together. We're going to mm-hmm. help these guys get into college together mm-hmm. with all our different, you know, resources and all our different relationships. Yeah. It's not just one guy selling a player down, you know, yeah. with a sheet of players yeah. trying to just, sell them, yeah. to, you know, to his, we, no. we kind of do everything by committee. Um, I think this fall we had over 50 guys, Sign uh, yes, to play college. The year the year before there was 80, 80 plus. So that's, I think in the that last committed couple, to play college ball. That's I think awesome. In the last two years, two three years, it's it's one hundred and fifty, one hundred and sixty players to Ooh, to go play wow. in, in college baseball, mm-hmm. and there's nobody else in the country doing it. I don't that think kind so. Of that's that's a massive um, amount. Yeah, and and all it is is just a bunch of baseball guys, you know, pushing pushing the players. Mm-hmm. Because we got the right players, because yeah. we got the right families, mm-hmm. you know, and that's one of the things that coaches, when they hear what kind of kid is he, what kind of character is he, mm-hmm. when when they're coming from a, from the twelve organization, they know the character's good, right. yeah, you know, or they wouldn't be in the program, yeah, so yeah. So that's kind of one of the things that 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 helps you know set us apart in that. But man, we do we do team camps in the mm-hmm. fall um, where the college where we go take Did our y'all teams. Do them this year too. Mm-hmm. You have those here. Yep. Okay. Do them, I do it with Coach Schatzberger at. Uh, UIW, I do it with Coach Hallmark at mm-hmm. UTSA, uh, and one of the best things that they do, and we did it with with Coach Thompson at Baylor, mm-hmm. and one of the best things that we do and that they do is they sit and they get the parents behind home plate and they tell them how it is. Yeah, you know, and it's from the boss's mouth, you know, and, and there's it's no kind of, there's it's no complaining after no, that. Yeah. Kind of reinforcing reinforcing yeah. the stuff that we tell them yeah. on, on the day to day, and mm-hmm. um, and that's kind of one of the best the best recruiting seminars that we can give our yeah. families is getting them getting them in that in that situation yeah i think it's important because it's not always the players that have the issues it's mostly the parents that that are ne- not negligent they're just ignorant to how the process really works mm-hmm. and what the coaches are really looking for and i think that sometimes the parents and the way that they can behave around certain stuff like that when they get into like oh my i need my kid to go play here 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 
Mm-hmm. I think that that can be, that can be an issue. But then when you, like you said, y'all coach them, y'all tell them this is how it's going to go. This is it. And it's coming from the top of the top. There's really nothing else I can say. It's up to the kids to perform to that level. Right. They, they got to produce. Yeah, they have to. That's, I mean, that's you the most get, important you thing. You can't get anywhere without producing. And right. those college, those college coaches, they tell them the same, they give them the yeah. same message. You yeah. got to produce when you get, when you get the opportunities. Hey, uh, give us a rundown on how your summer season went with 12. Cause I know there was a lot of traveling and for the high school guys and things like that. So I had a, I had a really competitive group, uh, some good players. I think we were kind of, when we merged into 12, uh, from test baseball, mm-hmm. uh, we took, you know, half the team and then we added half the team, but it was a really competitive group. So I was automatically in one of the top two or three, you know, 2024 teams, uh, that, move, that 12 had move a little bit closer to you, bro. Um, there you go. There you go. And so when we, when we start, we started the last week of May. Uh, and I think we went seven or eight weekends seven, in a row, seven or eight weekends in a row. I and think was, my, my traveling off, everywhere. That's oh, it. And gosh. it's spending most of your time around Texas, going to Dallas, going yeah. to, to Houston. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do a lot of our own events at cotton ranch. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on our off weekend, because I had one of the more competitive teams mm-hmm. is, the top players from my team merged with another top team, and we went to uh, to West Palm Beach in Florida, uh-huh. where there's this, and it kind of goes back to making it the cream of the crop. We right. went to this ten team invite only tournament mm. called the Ultimate Baseball Championships, oh, wow. and it's one of the best tournaments I've ever been to. And who puts that? Is it Perfect Game or is it it's Perfect? It's Perfect, perfect Game, game. Uh, and they work out of spring training fields in uh-huh. uh, I think it was the Astros and the Florida's where, where it's at, yeah. Yeah. The Astros Spring Training Complex. Mm-hmm. There's a couple uh, out there. I think there's a couple. There's, yeah, there's a couple. Yeah. There's there's the Astros and there's the compounds. Yeah, there's one right in, like across the parking lot, and it was two different. <laughs> I can't think. I can't two think of the other. Yeah, club, yeah, I can't think of the other club. Yeah, when I played in Jupiter, they had the the Cardinals and the Marlins Spring Training Fields together. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I think that's where rookie balls play. They go out there and they right. just everyone just kind of plays against each other. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's how. And it goes. it's it's uh it's good. It was an awesome setup. But yeah, being in that tournament was was eye opening. You yeah. got agents. You got every single <laughs> every single East yeah. Coast school. You got Texas school, all kinds of scouts. Yeah, West there. Coast schools. You know, you got everybody there in attendance to watch. You know, these ten organizations go out. Yeah, those are the guys, right? Yeah. Yeah, those are the guys. Yeah. Well, I I went in there and I started seeing some of the teams and I'm calling. Hodge, I'm like, man, Hodge, I, I didn't bring enough guys. You know, <laughs> we, we, I didn't bring enough guys. These guys are really good. You know, I need more players. Uh, but but we had a really good we had a really good uh, turnout there. Uh, we were able to sneak our way into the final four. Mm-hmm. Uh, we beat a team that was they had Manny Ramirez's son. You know, it's called the FTB Phillies. It's a scout oh, team. Yeah, right? yeah, you yeah. Know, for the Phillies, and pretty much they're wearing all this official, you know, MLB, MLB stuff, stuff yeah. and. And Manny's kids playing left field, and he has like an entourage. He has really, like, yeah, he has like a, like six dudes with him, you know, and you know they're with him. Yeah, yeah, you can you tell. Could yeah. tell. You, can and, feel, uh, you can feel the presence. Dante yeah. Dante Bichette was okay. in was coaching in the dugout, you know, and we were able to beat that team and go into the final four where we we were eliminated by uh, I think the uh, Orlando Scorpions. Okay, yeah, the Orlando Scorpions knocked us out, you know. So, but it was it was a great experience. Yeah, um, I think I came home after that was like week six or seven. I came back and I had one or two more events, mm-hmm. uh, and then it's done. But yeah, when you get into serious, you know, select high school programs, it's, it's no joke, man. It's no, there's no off weekends, no. and if you are if you're a top player on your off weekend, you're probably picking up with another team. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, I mean the reps are mm-hmm. are important. 
I think that's wild. So you go, so like, isn't that crazy? Like we grew up watching like their dads play and now you're watching their kids grow up and play and they're just, they're just studs. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's like, you look at the Blue Jays, it's what like Kevin Biggio, Guerrero and Bichette all playing on, their all dads were all legends and that's ridiculous. Yep. It's nuts. So what is, um, so what, what's one, one piece of advice, if you had to give a piece of advice to parents out there that have kids going through the recruiting process, what, what's the most important thing you can tell them to look out for to to be aware of going into that process for their for their kids man make sure you your kid's not a knucklehead <laughs> make sure he's playing baseball the right way on right. the field yeah. uh, a lot of these coaches are really just i think sean allen does it has a present has a podcast or something where he does a really good job of you know telling what they're looking for and mm-hmm. you know and it's uh he's at the university of texas at the time he's like man i'm looking for tops top step guys, yeah. you know, top of this, top of the dugout, first step, you know, they're there rooting your teammates on the whole game, hustling on and off the field, playing the game hard and looking like you love it, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, and I agree with him is this, there's a lot less of that now yeah. than, than there used to be, mm-hmm. I would say. Um, so making sure they're, they're acting right and they're playing the game hard and, uh, and you're, you got to put them in a situation where they get playing time. Yeah. Like That's, maybe, yeah. maybe I'm not on the top, you know, team, yeah. all these guys, they want to be on the top team and it wears me out, but maybe I'm a second, maybe I have a second team or a 13 kid, yeah. you know, who's going to get 75 to a hundred in bats mm-hmm. instead of 25 to 35 at bats or none at all. With, yeah. yeah. Or none, you know, on, yeah. on a top team. So put your, put your kid in a situation where he's going to have an opportunity to yeah. produce. Yeah. I mean, I've seen, even when I was, when I was coming up and I was going through the recruiting process, there's always those parents who may have like, they push their kids. So let's just say they want to go to a big D one. So they can say they play at a big D one, but they never touch the, they never touch the field. But they're like, oh, I'm on the team. It's like, well, would you rather do that, or you could have gone to a smaller D one, or maybe a top tier D two, and you could have played every single game. Yeah, that's and that's something that I think that's if you're preaching that, that's amazing because that's something a lot of people don't really really take into account. They want the status of oh, I'm a I'm a Division one athlete, but it's like, but are you really? Yeah, <laughs> you no, know. And 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 we do a ton of that. We put a ton of guys into the Division one uh, situations, and I think amongst the the I guess the leadership in twelve and when we talk yeah. and we get together, a lot of the talks are well, how many of our guys compared to how many of their guys? How many of our guys are still there? Yeah. How many of our guys are going to these programs and sticking? Mm-hmm. You know, and actually being factors. They play the four, yeah, they play and the I think, four, yeah. You know, we we're just going through the numbers and it's quite it's quite a bit. Yeah. You know, and I think that that's one of the things that we're focused on. We're not focused focused on just getting them there. Yeah. But we're we're wanting they, our guys to go in impact, there yeah. and move up quickly. Right. You yeah. Know, get no, on the board, important. move through the minors quickly. Yeah. I think that's, that's a big deal. Cause I think there's some organizations that are just like, Oh, he signed you one. We're good. It's yeah. it. He's on the team. What happens after it's no longer our issue. He's there. And then they, they drop out or they have to transfer out. Cause it just wasn't a good fit. They just went cause they went, there was a walk on opportunity or what have you. But I think it's important. You guys are putting kids in situations where it's a good fit. It's a good program. It fits that their mold, whatever they need mm-hmm. in a program, in a school. That's important. Um, so I know you said you're a Juco guy mm-hmm. and I talked to, cause I talked to John King last week. He's a pitcher for the Rangers. He's also a Juco guy. We went to school together and he touched, he wanted to bring it up that like Juco gets a bad rap sometimes. And it's like, kids don't want to play junior college these days, but I think I had a great time. Did you have a great yeah, time? It was it. fun, right? Yeah, and it's it. grinding all the time. It's it awesome. Is. And it's like, what would you tell parents about junior college that may have their eyes set and sending their kid to a four year or a, a mid tier four year? and they have an opportunity to play junior college, what, what would you speak on, on, on that opportunity? If you have a freshman that's going to go in and be a factor at a, at a division one, really good division one program mm-hmm. is, you know, yeah, like, you know, your kid's different than everybody else. Yeah. You know, for those guys that don't know, Chico is just a great alternative to go and, you know, Hey, I'm good. I'm going to bet on myself 
and there's just tons of reps and tons of opportunities to prove mm-hmm. yourself. Yeah. You have the fall season, you have the spring season, uh, you have unlimited hours of practice, mm-hmm. and unli- unlimited times of, of, uh, of bonding be, and being I remember that that was tough that was, some of it sometimes it's tough but like it you look back on it and it's like that was a great I had a great time yeah Truly. man I, I I get text messages from our junior college thread yeah you know and just hey what's up guys you know yeah How, how's y'all's kids doing you know mm-hmm. so just yeah. lifelong relationships yeah. uh I'm a big junior college advocate so am I yeah. uh I think that I think that it's gonna get tougher to play mm-hmm. at the junior colleges now oh, it's growing yeah mm-hmm. um so I think they, I think that anybody that's offering your kid an opportunity to play baseball, take it. Yeah. You, you got to jump on it. Yeah, I think. Well, like working camps in the summer with Coach Shots at UIW, I mean they're they're not necessarily really looking for guys out of high school anymore. Yeah. They want to look for guys in that portal that have the experience and can go out and make a like you said, make an impact out there immediately. That's that's been something that's because when I was playing, it was like that. Like I think. My so I was talking like I said I talked to John King. That's just like the because it's the most recent one I've, I mm-hmm. keep referring back to. I mean, when he went to U of H, he transferred out of JUCO, and I think he said like literally like eighty to ninety percent of the team was all JUCO transfers. Yeah, like they're looking for mature dudes that can make an impact. Finding a kid, I think finding a kid at a high school that's ready to play at that level at, of play at something like a like a Big Twelve school, it's tough. Like mm-hmm. you have to be like like you said, your kid has to be different. You have to know that. But I think some parents may be a little bit ignorant to that at times, and it's like, well, your kids your kid's great, but he needs a little bit more time. Yep. And I think some people need to really understand that faster than others because it's not only doing a disservice to that to the kid, it's doing a disservice to their education and everything like mm-hmm. that because it may not be a good fit. But if, if your kid's a one percenter, you know he's a one yeah, percenter. Yeah. Uh, there's a good example of a of a local shortstop from Clark, mm-hmm. uh, Anthony Silva, mm-hmm. who was big time, big time prospect, you know, mm-hmm. draft prospect, probably top five rounds, but you know, he he knew that he needed work and he went to TCU to be a uh to, to go to TCU mm-hmm. instead of instead of so the taking a different, and yeah. uh, man he's you know I saw him yesterday for the first time and he looks twenty pounds heavier <laughs> he looks he looks yeah. awesome and you know yeah. you talk to him and they said yeah it's my spot to lose you know yeah. so he's in a he's he's a freak yeah you know there ain't another Anthony Silva in this area right now and you know you can't expect your kid to go in and and be a factor at a, at com- a division compared one to that kind of guy yeah. yeah. It's- yeah, Phillips out of Bernie. He throws a hundred in high school, ninety nine. Like that's how you know your kid's yeah, different. You don't see that very often at all. But I mean, that's that's just like one of those things. And it's like you. When I think that that's something that opened my eyes because I used to think I went to small small Catholic school here, and I grew up that way. And like, of course, in, in the Catholic school area, there's always there's dudes everywhere. You'll find dudes anywhere. There's guys that can play anywhere you go, but it's a lot smaller of a, of a scale than when you go play at a public school like some like like Silva and all those guys who play in these in that bigger realm. Yep. Um, it's, it's nuts. You just kind of know. But I think that when I went to Juco, it changed my, my perspective of the game. Cause it's like, I, I was a little bummed. Like I have to go to junior college. Like I didn't play at UIW. They pull a scholarship. You're like, oh, what am I going to like? This sucks. Um, I have to go Juco. You look at it a different way, but then you get up there and you're like, dang, these kids can play like this. This is a whole nother realm of, of baseball. And I think that that, that opened my eyes. And I think that's something that a lot of parents need to look into and like, see like, Hey, this is a whole nother game too. It's, it's not, there's no slouch over here. No. Yeah, it's uh, some of the better players I've, I've ever played against. You know, oh, when yeah. the junior junior college ranks, the Jonathan oh, yeah. Gray, mm-hmm. who's a right-handed pitcher in the big leagues. I forget who he's with now, but he's a Eastern Oklahoma guy. Yeah, and Geraldton Simmons, who's the platinum <laughs> platinum gold glove yeah. winner. Oh, you played against him too. I played. He was at Western. He was oh, at Western geez. Oklahoma. Uh, that guy's a monster so defensively. You, yeah, you see, you just see those guys. Yeah, and I have some stories about him, man. 
he was he was so much better than everybody else. Yeah, it's one of the you can tell like you just see a guy play, yep. you're like, wow. Yep, that guy's. But he's at junior college, mm-hmm. you know. So and there was there was probably six or seven of him mm-hmm. on that team. There was you know that team was loaded. Yeah. So it's it's really quality baseball, and and parents need to. No, really consider it. Yeah. Well, the kids too. The kids too, man. Because I mean, you really gotta love baseball. Yeah. Going back to you, really gotta love it. Because most JUCOs are kind of in the middle of nowhere. So like, there's you really gotta love it. Because there's nothing else to do but hang out with your boys and 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 work out and play yeah, baseball. Yeah, That's yeah, it. Yeah. Um. So okay. So stepping away from kind of the recruiting process in junior college, I know COVID. COVID was crazy, and I I didn't really think about talking about this with Jose or anything. Well, we kind of talked about it with Jose when he came last year a little bit because that was. Kind of like how, but they were in the lockout. No, that was a whole other ordeal. So I know you were coaching college at the time, right? Mm-hmm. How did that change the game on that level of, of play? So what, what? how did y'all handle Well, first of all, how it, how it happened? Because I was talking to King and he was like telling me that it was like, oh, we're only going to suspend it for, for a week. It was like, oh, we'll suspend everything for a week. And then it kind of turned into this whole thing. How did you keep your guys accountable? How did you keep them on top of their stuff? Because I know that was a big gap of like, there was nothing happening. They couldn't see anybody. It was hard to train. How did you keep them or how did that change your, your coaching style or anything like that? I think that, you know, when they made that decision, because we were about to fly to, we were about to fly to Charlotte. It was crazy. Everything like, it was, people had plenty, like things were set. People yeah. were like, it was, we were, already, we were yeah. in the middle of the season, yeah. you know, and we just, we had just got back from a road trip and we we're about to fly to Charlotte and, uh, they just came in the, they came and we kind of heard, we've kind of heard some things. You could like see the news, like things yeah. are getting kind of out. It's getting crazy. We, yeah. we just kind of saw the writing on the wall, but when they made that official that, like, Hey, it's postponed. Yeah. They kind of, it was kind of set in stone. Like, Hey, it's not a two week, three week kind of thing. Oh, really? Uh, so they pretty much, you know, they can't, they went and they just canceled the season. Yeah. So we were able to like, all right, you know, let's take a step back and let's just make sure these kids are going into class and yeah. they're finishing up with, you know, they, they're adjusting to, all this virtual learning mm-hmm. that they're doing. And mm-hmm. we did our zoom, our zoom meetings with, mm-hmm. with our players throughout that time. Yeah. Uh, but it was, it was, That's it was nuts. a big, yeah. Yeah, it was a big transition. Yeah. Did, and did that change the way that the game is played now? You think at, at or is it kind of, everything's kind of going back to normal, I'd say, but did it, there's, there's some things that change that are going to stay that way. You think that are, yeah. I mean, I think this, the, the graduating high school 22s and the 23s right now, maybe a little bit of the 2024s are the ones being affected the most. Yeah. Uh, Pretty much, there's just not those spots that there were mm-hmm. previously for the, yeah. for the for the seniors that are graduating. Yeah. Uh, so I think, but I think it'll all work out. Um, yeah. I think the bigger deal is the portal and yeah. you know paying players and all that stuff. I think that's, <laughs> so. So speak more to that. I know you've been bringing that up a little bit. So what, what's your opinion on that? On that whole thing of paying players and this whole portal kind of like growing. What, what's your thoughts on that? Uh, man, I hope my kid gets paid one day. But, <laughs> but it's. I think it's kind of. I think it's yeah. a mess. Is uh, really? Yeah, I think it's. I don't know. I, I think everything goes into. I'm not committing to a program for four years. I'm committing annually, in yeah. you know, year to year. That gets because, messy, yeah. Because I because I can and yeah. Uh, I'm not on that side of it no more. Uh, yeah. But I can imagine how difficult it is. I to, think it, it takes away from some of the smaller schools that may not have that budget. I yeah, think it, truly, it really and it's just that oh, like you go to like let's say you go to Texas or something. Like I went to a, I went to a bachelor party a couple of weeks ago and we went to a golf course and that guy Bijan from. Um, Texas, that running back, dude, he's got merch it, it, like literally anywhere we went. He's got merch at Pluckers, at golf courses, at like Academy. Like, I mean, he's got all kinds of stuff. And I'm like, dude, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Dude's no. a college, he's just, he's a junior in college. It's insane. Yeah. So I'm like, what, what does that do to that's going to like, obviously, when we played, obviously, it was different. You can't make any money or if people were making money, it's on the table. Mm-hmm. But it's like now people are getting paid. They're like professional athletes. I think that's going to screw with the whole, 
the idea of it. It's not going to make it as interesting as like NCAA and in college, like you watch football and baseball, it's there because they love the sport. Now it's turning into this whole, it's a mess now, man. It's yeah, crazy. It's, it's uh it's tough, but you know, I think that it, it's, at the end of the day, it's going to benefit the player. Yeah, yeah, of you course. Because so. there are kids, there are, there's good, obviously there's pros and cons to all of it because there's yep. kids that may not have the family to afford this, to send them somewhere far away. And it's like, yep. sometimes that can help them survive out there when the parents can't financially support them like that. But then obviously there's pros and cons to everything. But Yeah, and and I think it, you know, it's uh, it supports the good players. Yeah, yeah. Guys that are good players, they're going to be rewarded, mm-hmm. you know, earlier than, than what they would have. I know... Yeah. Uh, Dylan Rock is a, is a player that comes to mind who was at he was just a stud at UTSA. Mm-hmm. Um, he's our best player, and as soon as that portal thing happened and he could transfer because of COVID, he went to from being a you know a hundred percent draft guy, you know, top of the conference and conference USA guy. Mm-hmm. You know, he went to A and M and they turned him into a superstar. And you know, it really benefited yeah. a guy like him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, he's a good player. And he was produced. a good player. It helped. Yeah, it just it, mm-hmm. it ex- helps get those guys up to those mm-hmm. higher levels. All right, man. So back away from that. We'll get back into the select stuff. So I know you're here. So you're from you're from Corpus. You live in San Antonio now mm-hmm. permanently. Was there was there a reason? Did you come over here with the with the intent? To, I'm going to grow San Antonio baseball because I know talking to Jose, he had that massive tournament they had a couple mm-hmm. couple weeks ago, and that was kind of his thing. And I think that you know you're from Corpus, and there's a lot of good baseball down there. It's good baseball in Dallas. Good baseball in Houston. Do you think that there's a lot of opportunity for growth for baseball here in San Antonio? Because I mean, like me and Mike spoke on it. Like when we played, when we were growing up, we were going everywhere else but here. And if there was a tournament here, it was small. It wasn't yep. even a big one. That big teams don't come down here. Mm-mm. Do you think there's a lot of room for growth? Obviously, San Antonio is growing at, a, at an immense rate right now. Just mm-hmm. like the population, and everything. Not even going to baseball. It's just growing as a city. Do you think that there's a lot of opportunity <clears throat> for growth in, from the, in the baseball world here in San Antonio? I do. I, I, I just think that it's a really good market. Uh, one, I love San Antonio. Yeah. Um, one of my jobs since I've moved here was to get involved in the community, mm-hmm. uh, to yeah. be involved, to meet these guys, to develop these relationships. Yeah. You know, so since 2017, 2016, 17, that's what, you know, that's what I've been focusing on yeah. is developing those, those relationships. And, uh, you know, you just kind of fall in love. You fall in love with the city, you fall in love with the city that you can be downtown. It's a weird, it's a weird culture. Yeah. yeah you it's can a weird be culture. In the, rural just a regular community mm-hmm. in a neighborhood and then you can you know go to the hill country and in, in, in <laughs> only 30 get, minutes you, the you get all day. you get all aspects of, yeah. of everything here. and, yeah, and i and i really like i really like the city and i know uh what i'm 33 now so really my my five-year focus is to get just even more involved in the community yeah uh i just took a job with on top of my job currently i just took a job with uh for five tool running mm-hmm. San Antonio awesome. five tool youth tournaments. Cool, cool. Uh, so that's more relationships. That's more fields, you know, that I'm able to, to have to secure, uh, yeah. but it's more baseball that we're going to be able to grow in the community. So yeah, yeah my job, my, my goal is to, to grow baseball in San Antonio yeah. and the more competitive we make it by 12 coming in mm-hmm. and other organizations coming in, the better for the better for the baseball in the area. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was one of the things that, that Jose spoke on and I agree and Mike agreed too. It was like, there's, a lot of good baseball here, but a lot of times like kids that come from here, they'll go play on the banditos. They'll go, go travel and play with other teams. Cause they go other places. Nothing's really happened right here. Like literally centrally located in San Antonio. And I think that there's a lot of, like we have Cole Phillips, all those guys that come out of the areas around San Antonio, they never wanted to play here. They would go play elsewhere. Yeah. And I'm like, I think there's so much growth, especially if you guys growing this huge organization. 
all these other organizations are kind of doing the same thing and mm-hmm. it's just good for the for baseball as a culture i think that that's huge but yeah there's a lot of of room for growth and i think kids coming up are going to start this place is going to start growing into it i think a baseball powerhouse for sure yeah and i, and I think the more that the community gets behind it yeah. uh there's there's a big difference in facilities that we have access to yeah compared to when i go to houston compared to when i go to <laughs> yeah, corpus compared yeah. to when i go to austin uh the fields and the complexes are on a different level than what san antonio's on yeah, currently yeah so i think as as whoever makes those kind of decisions uh the more support we get for for youth baseball here yeah. with nicer facilities and turf fields and stuff like that yeah. you know the the growth is is gonna come yeah we all i mean y'all are, y'all are growing it man hopefully i'll get your own place pretty soon yeah that'd be <laughs> sick but so i know so we got a little bit longer here but so i know you said you got burnt out you coached at the beginning of your your career, you coached still like baseball mm-hmm. for all. You got burnt out, and now you're kind of back into it. Was there something that changed, or was it kind of like that itch that just wanted to come back, or was it the excitement that you got to grow? How big twelve is? You got to grow them here in, in a kind of like a brand new environment, and you got kind of the creative control to like let's just build this thing here. Is that what? Yeah, one, is that what got to you? One there? with uh, you know Hodge just kind of being upfront with his expectations on hey, I'm not going to micromanage you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to hire mm-hmm. the right guy, and you're going to do you're going to do the job. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a that was one of the big things that I, that I was excited for, uh, having a quality brand, um, to grow mm-hmm. is, is another thing, yeah. but, but really you, you jump into the private side for the financial. Yeah. 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 It's a, you know, it's, it's, different, it's tough yeah. as a college coach. Yeah. It's tough. Um, yeah. So this is, that's at the end of the day, that's, that you know, that's why of, you make the change. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, for more security, mm-hmm. uh, to provide for your family. Yeah. I mean, that's that's i mean that you put it profoundly you really add anything that's how it is i mean co- coaching in college i know a lot of guys that are that are still trying to make it yeah yeah, yeah. like i know a, a buddy of mine a lot of places no buddy of mine that went to reagan's coaching he's a he's a hitting coach but i think he's a grad he's a volunteer over at kingsville and it's like i'm like dude it's tough like you make your lessons off off coaching or like mm-hmm. doing tournaments on the side or you do lessons on the side to make to make ends I mean I think that's tough like baseball is it's a small budget compared to like football and all that stuff I mean it's tough especially at the d1 level even at the d1 level it's tough do you do you see yourself maybe returning back to to the call to the collegiate level at any point maybe or uh man hopefully if something opens something up, good yeah. opens up it just has to be yeah. you know uh it's about just maintaining the relationships yeah you know yeah is there some is there parts of it that you miss like playing on those big stages and coaching those really great athletes i mean those are those are like yeah obviously it's it's a different world i mean obviously there's there's not to take away from like developing young kids and seeing them grow into those into those athletes that you used to coach but there's something that you that you do miss coaching those guys that are like at the high at their highest level Man, playing they, at utsa and uiw i'm sure it's it's fun to watch it's fun to watch them grow as well or is there kind of like a trade off like i'm i'm developing these kids to become those kids if if you if i ever get back into college coaching It'll be for that reason. Yeah. The the game day environment. Yeah. Uh, it's the, it's, the, it's the, exhilarating. The, it's fun. Yeah. Dude. Going into a series yeah. that you got to win. Mm-hmm. There's there's nothing like it. Or playing yeah. Texas or playing A and M on a in the midweek. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, when they're ranked, there's nothing. There's nothing like <laughs> but it. But the so. opportunity to beat them and on live yeah. TV. <laughs> yeah. To show them what's up. Yeah. Now that's and I think that's something that I I miss personally playing is like when you go into a series like we have it's a must win like we have to win this game. It's a different vibe to it. It kind of brings out a lot of adrenaline. But yeah, I think that's something that like I mean. And I'm sure, like you guys can speak to it. You've seen kids play at the top. I think that's interesting to watch kids to coach kids at their highest, and then watch kids develop from that 13U team to become those kids is, is interesting. So, yeah, yeah. It, it really is. It's a, uh, it's it's special to see the ones that you know that just keep getting after it day in mm-hmm. day out. You know, because mm-hmm. there ain't no they didn't get there by mistake. They worked no, for it. Yeah, you yeah. Know? There's and the work. 
baseball's for the workers. Yeah, the I think that want to work. Yeah, there's kids that do get up there that, but that if you don't work for it and it kind of falls in your lap, you'll get exposed if you don't if you don't take care of it, if you don't oh, hold yeah. it right. I mean, it, baseball's a weird sport, man. It'll you fail more than you succeed, and you're and you're successful in it. But but yeah, man. So we're approaching the end of time. So tell us, you know, what's what's twelve got coming up? What what do you want to tell the people about about the organization? What what's coming up for for twelve? And what's your plan? As we obviously, you know, Christmas is coming up, and everyone knows once Christmas is done. It's baseball season. Yep. It's time to go. So what what do you guys have coming up? What what's the big plans for the spring and, and kind of elaborate on that a little bit? Uh so the big plans for the spring would be, you know, we got fourteen youth teams going. Mm-hmm. Uh really just making sure that Everything. that we put them that our top teams are in in the top events. Mm-hmm. Uh but I'm I'm really excited about the five tool yeah. thing that we have going on. Mm-hmm. Uh it's a really good tournament company. It's a really good uh opportunity to bring to bring quality baseball into san antonio yeah uh so i know i'll be hosting four tournaments with that this spring and i'm excited to put my teams in those in those events and seeing what kind of talent we can we can bring out in year number one yeah what what uh what what, when you say event what events are y'all going to be going to are there any off top you want to hold that off uh i think i just submitted my dates uh it's february there's there's a february 11th and 12th a March 11th and 12th, a March 18th and 19th, and a May 27th and 28th. And where, we'll do where are those travel tournaments? Yeah, big yeah, ones? yeah. We'll do them at uh, we'll do them locally at Northside Little League and okay. Jumbo Evans out in Spring Branch. Okay, okay. Uh, and then that's really the plans for year number yeah. one. Nice, nice. Well, that's awesome, man. What do you got, Mike? You got anything coming up, dude? No, just same thing. Same thing. Same yeah. So y'all don't coach on the same team. You got your own no, team, I have yeah. 14U, and you got 13U. I got cool, 13s, cool. and then just the organization, but. Man, if, if there's any young coaches out there that, you know, are good, reliable young coaches that want to be around, you know, quality baseball and not just do a good job, but they want to get better as well, yeah. you know, contact me, guys. We're yeah, always for sure. looking for good coaches. Yeah, I got some sweet gear. I'm looking at your hoodies. I'm like, damn, I want I want one of these. Are y'all sponsored by New Balance? We, are, we have a nice. really good partnership with New Balance. Nice. I see. Those are some sweet hoodies. I'm like, you got to wear it. Too. That one is sweet. Yeah. You got to let me rep it on my stuff, dude. Hook me up. All right, man. Well, thanks, Zach, for coming on. We really appreciate it. And thanks, everybody, for tuning into the Bottom of the Nine podcast. And if you haven't looked them up, look up 12 Baseball. They're a huge organization, like we said. Houston. uh, Are you all in Austin, too, or no? Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. We're in San Antonio, um, College Station, and Houston and Corpus. So if you haven't seen anything, look them up. They're a huge organization doing some really great things. But once again, guys, thanks for listening. And be sure to subscribe, watch, and listen on YouTube and on your favorite uh, streaming services. But thanks, and we'll see you in the next one.